This t-shirt represents me probably, well, a lot of things. One, first, first Yankee game that I ever went to when I really made the full, my full conversion um, <laughs> to being a Yankee fan. I bought this shirt there, and, or outside there, underneath the subway there. You know where all the places are. And, 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 and when I was there, and I'll never forget it being there, and I was still kind of, it's hard not to be a New York fan if you listen to, uh, you know, New York radio and everything else, and if, you, if you're moving here from somewhere else and so forth. Just calm down back there. Would you take it easy? Anyway, uh, uh, it's hard not to be. And I remember going to the stadium the first time, and there I was thinking, and I like history. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is where the babe played. This, this, is, this is where DiMaggio roamed center field. This is it. This is it right here. I'm there. I was just so fired up, and I'm like, that's it. I'm there. Go Yankees, you know. And um, but I'll tell you something else this shirt represents to me. Um, one of my childhood heroes. I know. I'm like, yeah, could you j- people just control your emotions here a little bit? Um, I remember as an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old, I mean, I'm dead serious about this, taking my lawn mowing money that I would make mowing lawns, going to a little corner store and putting down my 15 cents, 20 cents later on, and getting this little pack of baseball cards. And I mean, this was like a big, this was like Christmas to me every time I did this. And you know what I was doing? I was looking for either somebody from the Cincinnati Reds, which is where I lived in, in Ohio, or somebody from the Yankees. And if I ever, never did, but if I ever, and I always, first thing, I, first thing we would always say to one another, did you get Mickey? Did you get Mickey? I never did. But I was looking for that Mickey card, man. And then I started growing up. And I started hearing stuff and reading stuff. And it, it, I started hearing after he left the game, late 60s, that the guy was a drunk. I didn't understand alcohol addiction at that point, so that's what it was to me at that time. And I'll never forget when I started hearing these things, I first said, no, not Mickey Mantle. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of my heroes. And by the way, there's an end to that story a few years ago, and, and you may be seeing something about this in the not-too-distant future. But a few years ago when they had his funeral, and I'll never forget, and I was sitting there watching as a, as a 40-something-year-old man watching the funeral on CNN and, and hearing Bobby Richardson, former second baseman for the Yankees, who's now quite active in, in, in uh, talking about Christ in many different forums and formats and so forth, talking about how Mickey late in his life, as he began to deal with those demons of alcoholism, how he gave his life to Christ. And, and I was sitting there, and Charlene was there, and she can tell you, I was crying. I was crying. A 40-something-year-old man listening about how Mickey met. There was a redemptive side to this individual. But I'll never forget that. And, and one of the reasons I bought that shirt was I wanted, a new, I wanted a Yankee shirt, but I wanted something with my childhood hero, Mickey Mantle, on there. Have you ever had someone or something that you believed in just leave you like, like you've been hit real hard in the stomach? No, that can't be. Well, when you hear this song, and, and, I, and I've listened to this song a lot because I, I downloaded it and put it on, on a CD in my car, and I, and I love this song, If I Ever Lose My Faith. 
You lose your faith in a lot of different things. And it's real easy to get cynical. Real easy to get just, you know, we're on trust, you know, just kind of nasty about it. And there are many things that we put our faith in that we can lose. It might be a childhood hero, but it might also be something even more important than that. You know, it might be, and you, you can just think about that. What are some of the things that we, that we lose our faith in? Sometimes we lose our faith in, in heroes. Sometimes it's husbands and wives or a wife. You know, so how do we, how do we approach that? And I've I got to tell you that it's, it's um, I happen to be very fortunate. I'm married to a woman who I trust in totally. I have total faith in. We celebrated our 33rd wedding anniversary yesterday. And um, thank you. I've had 33 phenomenally happy years. She's had about 10. But um, <laughs> um, she can talk about that. But I won't. But we did. And I, and I totally trust her. And I totally, I, I totally have faith in her. But you know what? We just went through a thing, and are still going through a thing, with some good friends who... who who were kind of mentors to us and a few years older, and they had a wonderful relationship. And he just lost her just, just about a year ago to a cancer. Real quick type of thing. Here was somebody, and he's struggling with this. Is, this is probably, if not the one of the godliest men I've ever known in my life. And he's still struggling with it. And every time I talk to him, I... Almost, I, literally, I have to get alone because it's just it's so emotional for me just to hear him talking about some of the things of, of this woman who he had loved for 50 years and, and trusted in and, 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 and was worthy of that trust. But she died. She's no longer there. So it's kind of a double whammy, isn't it? You find something or someone you can trust and then something else can happen. So then you come away, well, who can I trust? What can I do? What, what can I do in this situation? You know, and sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's, and you, I'll go through these, sometimes it's kids. We put all of our, our stock in kids. Do we have any of this on PowerPoint, by the way? I thought we did, but if we don't, it's okay. Yeah, things that we have faith in. Scotty runs PowerPoint. Beam it up, Scotty. And um, yeah, i got to use that a few more times before I get, before I get tired of it. Uh, sometimes it's kids. Sometimes it's our career. You ever talk to a guy who just put all, and maybe he would never say, I put all my faith in my, in my career, but basically his life looked like that. And as a result of that, he, he worked hard and did all of his identity, all of his significance, everything else was all about his career and his job and his life. And all of a sudden, something happens. Downsize. They start, you know, going with the guys that are under 40 or under 50 or under 60 or whatever it happens to be. Then, then it's just like, oh, man, what am I going to trust in now? Um, it can be a career. It, sometimes, sometimes something that should be sacred, we've seen this a lot in recent years, the church. Sometimes we have faith in the church. And um, I don't need to say too much about that, do I? All of us. Probably, if not all of us, many of us, and I will include myself in that category, have had our tussles with the church. To this day, and it sounds so strange for a guy who has done what I've done for 25 years in the church, to this day, I, I still struggle at times with the whole organized religion thing. I still do. 
So we just, we just aren't organized, no. Uh, <laughs> we, we try to keep it minimal. Uh, in all honesty, we do, because it's just, even in, in small churches, so oftentimes there, there can be politics and there can be all kinds of weird crap that goes on that's just terrible. All right, so let's get, let's get to the good stuff here. How, how do we know we can trust an invisible God? Is he trustworthy? How do I, what, what can I know? Let's just deal with that. I'm going to give you three basic thoughts here to think through. And then from that, I want to give you some takeaways to just to kind of take out of here with you to think through. I call it takeout food and to kind of hang on to mentally and, and, uh, and spiritually, hopefully, and, and kind of go from there. So let's just get down to the basics. The first thing is this. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. I can have trust. He's there. God is there. Jesus tells us that. And it's in the Matthew, it's in the book of Matthew. Let me just show you. See, Matthew 28, verse 20. And uh, it goes like this. This is just part of that verse. Behold, I am with you all the days, or with you always in some Bibles, until the completion of the age. I mean, isn't that really, uh, that's it. He says, I'm with you. This is something I can base my faith. And Jesus says, God says, I'm there. Sometimes you go to God, and I've done this a few times, sometimes you go to God and you say, you know, God, I don't, right, and I've said it like this, I only know you're there because you say you're there because I don't feel anything right now. Sometimes you feel like that, but where is your faith? What, do you, what are you going to trust in? I believe the Bible, I believe the, the, one of the basics of the Bible certainly is God says I'm always there. He is. A second thought. This is really good. He is our only hope for making a difference. Um, think about this for a moment, because I, I dare say most of us, if we stop and think and, and just really reflect on this whole thing, one thing that's pretty common among most of us is in our own way, in our own place, wherever we are, we want to make a difference. I do. Pretty much the mission, that's pretty much the mission of my life. My, my goal, I want to make a difference. Many of you, if not all of you, want to make a difference. How am I going to do it? How am I going to make a difference with what I do? Whether it's what I do, whether it's uh, business, whether it's teaching, whether it's, um, you know, some of you are still in school, students still working through that. You can make a difference there, whatever it happens to be. How do I make it? Look at this little couple of verses here in 2 Corinthians because it's, this is pretty good stuff. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. We are confident of all of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we can do anything of lasting value by ourselves. Our, here it is, our only power and success comes from God. Our only power and success comes from God. The only way you and I can make a difference, and we can, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, doesn't mean we all have to go, you know, sell everything and go to the, you know, Timbuktu or, you know, some foreign, horrible jungle of somewhere. We think horrible. I'm not saying they're all horrible. Doesn't mean we have to do that wherever we are. Hopefully, your goal, your mission is to make a difference. Maybe you're going to make a good living doing that. Maybe you're going to make an okay living doing that. Whatever. You want to make a difference. It's the only way I'm going to make a difference. And the Bible gives it a real clear thing for us, and that is our only power and success come from God. Your only power, your only success comes from God. Second thought, all right? He is our only hope of making a difference. We know that. 
Bible teaches us that. Third thing, this is a little more tricky. He gives sense. I, I, he gives sense to the nonsense. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. And, and, and I have it hyphenated in mind. He gives sense to the nonsense, or I really wanted to say the nonsensical, but that's not really a word. My word, my spell check went nuts on that. Um, um, he gives sense to the nonsense, and here's what I mean by that. Let me give you a quote from C.S. Lewis first, and then I'm going to take you to the Bible and show you some things here. Can a mortal ask questions which God finds unanswerable? Quite easily, I should think. All nonsense questions are unanswerable. Think about that for a moment. It's kind of good. Can we ask questions that God can answer? Yeah, we can ask stupid nonsense questions. You know, they, they may not be, haven't always been stupid and nonsense to me at the time that I've asked them. But later on, sometimes you look back and say, why, 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 why was I even questioning that? Let me show you something from the Bible, from Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 11. And this is, uh, this is pretty good stuff. The fundamental fact of existence, here it is, all right? The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. What's our handle on what we can't see? This existence and this trust in God. There's a lot of things I can't see. There's a lot of things that don't make sense to me. And that's, you know, that's, there's, a, there's a saying that I picked up somewhere, and I don't, you know, I don't know who for sure said it, but it's a good saying. And that is this, true trust in God comes in when we have to trust God with the things that we don't understand. It's easy to trust God with the things that I understand. It's far different when I have to trust God with the things I don't understand. If it makes sense to me, it's like, oh, yeah, I understand why you're doing that, God. The test of my faith comes when I look at something and say, God, I don't understand this. This just doesn't seem rational. This just doesn't seem right to me. I don't understand. That, that takes faith. And that's what he's telling us in Hebrews. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust, you know, this, this trust in God, this firm faith, this faith in this firm foundation. All right, so he gives sense to the nonsense. Now, let me kind of draw all this together, and I want to just jump into these other things. I'm going to spend the rest of our time on these, what I call this takeout food. All right? we, for those of you who are visiting with us, I, I, it's literally takeout, spiritual food, thought food, whatever you want to call it. So what can I do? That's the real question. What can I do? And, and here's where it comes down to. You, you, you lay the case here, and you understand, you know, what can I trust in? Who can I trust in? What's going to make a difference? Okay, and we go through the things that we do know. God is there. The only way we're going to make a difference is by his power and by his strength. He will, give, he will make sense to the nonsense, even though we don't understand it, and even though it may not happen at that particular time or at the time that we think it should happen. So, so what do I do with that? How, do, how does that change how I live? How does that change Monday morning for me and you and whatever it is we're about? Right? And here's what it is. The first thing is this. Um, seek to be authentically trustworthy. Seek to be authentically trustworthy. Um, you know, and this, here's what I mean by that. I can't do anything about everybody else. There, there, there seems to be I can't have faith in anybody because people let me, get, let me down, people disappoint, people do this. But I can do something about one person. Me. Again, as we've already seen, by God's strength and by God's power. And that second thing that we saw. From 2 Corinthians, um, I can do something about me through God, 
him working in me. Um, I, can, I can learn to be, and this, this is just, think about this for me. I can learn to be the same person with the same people all the time in different situations. Now, just think about that statement. I can learn to be the same person with different people in all situations. That's a real challenge. Because somebody else comes into the room that you want to really impress. And you think, okay, I've got to clean up my act here. I, and I'm not saying that, you know, you can't dress up in certain situations or dress down for other situations. I'm talking about the inner, the core person, the character. I'm always going to treat people a certain way. I'm always going to be this person. You know, that's, that's one of the issues. I, I remember, it, for me, it came early, and it's come frequent with me, uh, all different types of situations, and I've been very, very privileged um, to, to be in some pretty cool places and some pretty interesting places and some very interesting different kinds of people. And the challenge came to me is, am I going to be the same person? One 48-hour one period, I was um, in D.C. in the home of, at that time, a, a prospective vice presidential candidate, uh, a prospective vice president. He was a vice presidential candidate uh, with just a very small group, about uh, four or five of us. And we were there having dinner in their home, and it was just very, it was just, just really cool time and everything, and so forth and so on. There were a lot of people there, and there was some other things going on there, and there was, you know, one of the ambassadors to the UN, and Jean Kirkpatrick, who's a woman who I wish would run for president, and, uh, and just some other things. Within 24 hours, I was back in uh, our home at that time, Vail. And then I was visiting some new people that had been coming to our church and had, was having dinner with them in their home. And this, was, this was not in Vail. This was in the agricultural side of what we call the Eagle Valley, not the Vail Valley, which is, if you know anything about the area, well, you know everything about it now because of Kobe, but down in the Eagle area, which at that time wasn't necessarily the most desirable area. And um, all of a sudden, here I am in these people, some wonderful people, um, having to send their kids out late at night uh, at the end of the supper to make sure the animals were taken care of. I'm talking a few hundred cattle. Um, and making sure that the ice was broken in the water troughs and so forth. You, you get the picture, okay? So in a matter of 24 hours, it was just a really good exercise for me to stop and think, okay, am I the same person here as I am here? Had to do some real thinking about that. Had to do some attitude adjustments about that. See, and that's the challenge that we all have in different places with different people. Some people who we're trying to impress, some people who we think we have to act a certain way around, other people who we're not so sure, you know, well, I don't really give a rip about them. Here's what I want you to see from this point is, seek to be authentically trustworthy in whatever the situation happens to be. I don't think you can do that without God's power. I really don't. I can't. I want to impress people too much. Certain people. Certain people. You know, I give it some Boston fans this week. I'm not going to really give a rip. But other people, no, I'm kidding. Just kidding. For the most part. Um, but certain people, you just want to really impress. Okay, that's fine. But let's, let's think through that a minute. Am I going to be different around them than I seek to be authentically trustworthy all the time? That's the first thing. 
carry out of here. Think about that. Just dwell on that a little bit. Second thing, this is very important. Be thankful, not dependent. Be thankful, not dependent. Be thankful that for the situation that God has given you. Be thankful for the people that God has put into your life that are, that are trustworthy people, people that you can depend on. But, but hold them loosely. Hold them loosely. Not because you're being cynical. Not because you're thinking, well, they're going to they're gonna screw me like everybody else at some point. Not because of that attitude. But because life is life. And like my friend, people die. People get sick. People have mental illnesses sometimes. So you have, I have a phenomenal wife who I depend on greatly in many different ways and have great faith in, but I've got to hold that loosely. Why? <laughs> she may die on me sometime. What am I going to do that? You know? Chances are I'll go first, my lifestyle, but, but that's a different issue. Um, I just drive faster than she does and stuff like that. So, but, but, um, but I mean, you hold that loosely. You, you, you're grateful for that. You're thankful for that. That person, that situation, maybe it's your position. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your income right now. Be grateful for that. Don't be dependent upon that for life in and of itself because that's when you get in shaky ground. You know, it's, it's enjoying and being thankful, but not being dependent. There's a word that psychology has come up with in the last 20 years or so that's a really good word about that. It's called codependency. That's not a good thing. You know, and so my, my point is, I think it's the Bible, what God is teaching us, this whole thing is, yeah, be thankful for the good stuff. Be thankful for the stuff and for the people and, and whatever else that you can, you can really have faith in. But don't be dependent and hold it loosely. Because life is what it is. Don't be cynical, but hold it loosely. But be grateful. That's a fine line there, isn't it? It's a fine line when you think about that. Last thing. This is, this is huge. Seek to be authentically trustworthy. Be thankful, not dependent. Third thing, recognize the root of all blessings. Recognize the root the root cause of all blessings. What are they? Let me show you from the book of James, one of the, toward the end of the New Testament. James chapter 1, verse 17, it goes like this. Every good action, every perfect gift is from God. These good gifts come down from the Creator of the sun, the moon, the stars. Watch this. Who does not change. I love that. Who does not change like their shifting shadows. Every good thing. You got a good job. You're doing really well right now. That's great. I'm proud for you. I really am. I've been in the South too long. I'm proud for you. I'm thankful, for, I'm thankful with you. Okay, I'm very thankful with you. Thank God for that. You know, it came from God. Whoever signs your check, however that works, and maybe it's an annual thing that comes in the form of a bonus and somebody somewhere has to sign something that gets into the, maybe it's a you know, credit transfer or a stock transfer or whatever, or maybe it's a, a weekly check or whatever it happens to be. Whoever signs that check... Just take a little mental exercise with you when, that, when you do that. Look at the bank account or take it to the bank or whatever it is you do. Look on your computer and see whether it got in there or not. Just do a little mental exercise with you. All right? And this is something that I had to do, and it was a real painful process, actually, for me. Recognize that whoever does at the bottom line, it's God. It's God. It may say somebody else's name. It may say some corporation or some company or some client. It may say that, but it, it, it's from God. 
and thank Him for that. Enjoy that. And have a great time. But hold it loosely. Because you just don't know. Life is quick. I'm not here to try to give you, get you to be cynical. I'm trying to get, you know, the, the, the cool thing about this is this doesn't make you cynical. This makes you just one of the most grateful people in the face of the earth. And you're just like, hey, this is terrific, man. I, this is wonderful. Thank you, God, for what it is I have and what's going on and the people that you put in my life that I know I can have faith in them. But most importantly, Lord, I have faith in you. Three thoughts there for your takeout food. Just, uh, seek to be authentically trustworthy. Be thankful. Don't be dependent. And recognize it all comes from God. And that may mean a prayer, a daily prayer, maybe, a, maybe an hourly prayer. I don't know. Just God, thank you. Or whenever you think about it, driving down the road and all of a sudden it hits you. You know what? I've got this great husband and I've got this great family. God, thank you so much for that. Maybe that's not going on. Then you say, God, thank you for putting me in the position that I'm in, building me into me the things that are going to appreciate whatever you got for me in the future. Yeah, it could be that way too. Works both ways. And it comes when you, we come before God and we just say, God, I thank you. I want to trust you. For some of us, it might be, for some of us here, it might be an initial thing where we just say, God, right here, right now, I, I, these, are, these are great truths. And I want to just, I want to trust you, Lord, right here, right here, and right now. And you can do that where you are, or go home and think about it, or go take a walk and just dwell on that. Come to grips with the fact that Jesus came and went to the cross and died and went to the tomb and rose again to give you new life, abundant life and eternal life. And you can trust in that. For many of us, it's going to be a thing of just saying, God, help me to recognize this. Help me to be thankful. Help me to, help me to enjoy it. But help me to look to you, both in thanksgiving and in dependency, in total dependency, for my life, for the fact that you're always there, for the fact that you're going to give me the power to make a difference in this life, and just for the fact of... of, of being able to be used by you in different ways. Let's, let's pray together. Lord, these are powerful, important truths for all of us. And God, I don't know that we can grasp this outside of an understanding of what you have done in our lives. And I just pray right now, each one of us, in our own way, right there quietly where we're sitting, right here, uh, or standing, whatever the case may be, just, just to reflect and to think and and, uh, and just to pray. Maybe it's a prayer of thanksgiving. Maybe it's a prayer of, of petition saying, God, help me to do this. And Lord, there's nobody in my life right now that I, that I can really depend on, that I can truly have faith in. And, and if that's the case, Lord, I know that I can you because you've told me you are there always for me. Lord, whatever the situation each one of us find ourselves in, I just pray that the, the Spirit of God would work in our hearts and just our, our conscience would be quickened to be, to be um, aware of these truths. We thank you for these things. We uh, commit them to you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for being able to be here, God, and uh, for your presence and protection as we leave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.